the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. Three and a half years ago, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell published probably the finest memoir of life in the Senate that I have ever read, The Long Game. It's indeed among the finest political memoirs I've ever read. I spent a couple of hours with him then, in May of 2016, talking about the book. Now The Long Game is out in paperback with a brand new introduction by President Donald Trump. It's perfectly timed, and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell joins me this morning. Good morning, Senator. Congratulations on the new edition and the new introduction. Hmm. Good uh, morning. Glad to be with you, Hugh. The, the long game is pretty interestingly timed for an impeachment that seems to me to be the opposite of your cardinal rule, which is you can start too late, but you can never start too early. Did the Democrats start too early on impeachment later? Uh, well, I think the speaker actually didn't really want to do it, but she got drug into this position. Uh, by the overwhelming uh, leftward nature of her new conference. And uh, then she decided, well, I need to get it over quickly. So they narrowed it down to these two articles that are really quite weak. And uh, I guess today's the day they're going to do it, huh? Yeah, it is. I'm going to come back and talk to you about judges because the president wrote about that in the introduction. But I want to play for you first. A little clip that uh, my producer, Dwayne, put together. It's 40 seconds long. You'll recognize the voices. I don't care. I I swore an oath on the Senate floor to to uphold, to defend the Constitution of the United States. And if I don't hold this president accountable, then I'm I'm violating my oath. So the politics be damned right now. I believe it is appropriate for this uh, impeachment inquiry to go forward. I think it should have happened earlier, but we're here now. Let's do it. It's very clear there's a very strong case for for impeachment and removal. I have made it very clear that this is impeachable conduct, and I've called for an impeachment proceeding. I believe that Trump should be impeached. I believe Congress should take the steps towards impeachment. Uh, Leader McConnell, that's Senators Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Michael Bennett, Amy Klobuchar, Bernie Sanders, and Kamala Harris. They've all made up their minds. They want the president out. Why are you being accused of being partisan when we've got six Democrats running for president who support impeachment? It's really laughable. Isn't it? yeah. They were lecturing me about not being able to take an oath uh, for impartiality. You think these presidential candidates are impartial? Uh, but this is a political. This is a political exercise. Uh, the, the, the words in the Constitution, "high crimes and misdemeanors," are mis- misleading in the sense that the. Uh, the founders were having a hard time uh, describing uh, what kind of offense would warrant impeachment. The truth of the matter is, uh, impeachment is whatever a majority of the House thinks it is in a given moment. Fortunately, over the history of the country, uh, we have only rarely uh, pulled the trigger 
on impeachment. And I hope the fact that this weak uh, case for impeachment doesn't mean this is going to become routine in the future. Uh, That is the danger. And here's the other danger. If you wake up in the morning and you watch Morning Joe, you're going to see a completely different version of America than if you wake up in the morning and watch Fox and Friends. I mean, completely different narratives, completely different views. I try and get them both on the radio show. Is that two world media dangerous for the country? Is it impacting the Senate? Oh, look, you know, we've had raucous free speech here from the beginning of the country. The big difference now is uh, everybody gets gets a heavy dose of it, and uh, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll make it through this period. This is a period of, of excessive partisanship, uh, but we've had those at times uh, throughout our history, and we always move on. And when the, when the public gets tired of uh, this level of partisanship, believe me, the politicians will change their approach because they will want to win the elections. I have a column in the Washington Post this morning, Senator McConnell, that argues 2016 was a four quake. That's what we call them out in in California. Uh, the real shock is coming in November, much like the Brits had a four quake in the leave vote. And the real election was held last week and Boris won. Do you think President Trump is headed towards re-election? Well, I certainly hope so. I think he's done an excellent job. And at some point here, I think you and I will go back to the judges uh, because there's an afterword with my new paperback, and it's entirely about uh, the accomplishment of President Trump and the guy you're talking to uh, with regard to lifetime appointments to the judiciary. That's uh, job number one. We have transformed the judiciary in a major way. 50 new U.S. Circuit. I was going to go there right Uh, now. The president wrote in your introduction, Mitch recognizes, I did, that since judges enjoy life tenure, the impact of judicial nominations can be felt for 30 years or more. Transforming the federal judiciary is the ultimate long game. 120 district court judges, 50 appeals court judges, two Supreme Court justices. That's remarkable. It is. And just to put it in in perspective, President Obama appointed 55 circuit judges in eight years. Uh, President Trump, with our Senate confirmation, has done 50 in three years. So the pace is dramatic. What these men and women have in common is they're all young. They're all smart. A heavy percentage of them have been Supreme Court clerks. Um, They'll be on the court for a very long time, and what they have in common is what Justice uh, Scalia used to, to, to say, uh, uh, the, the job of judges to follow the law and the Constitution. Uh, you would think that wouldn't be a, <laughs> such a quaint notion, but uh, among Democratic appointees, that's been their approach. Uh, President Obama tipped his hand when he said he wanted to appoint judges who had empathy. Well, that's great if you're the litigant for whom the judge has empathy, not so good if you aren't. I still don't believe that most of my colleagues in media, certainly my colleagues in the law profession, understand this and those who teach at law school like I do. But 50 appeals court judges means about 150 total years on the bench, 30 years per judge. They make about 100 votes one way or the other in the course of a year. So it's about 150,000 votes. It's 300,000 vote swing. If those judges have been appointed by Secretary Clinton, it's actually quite a landslide effect on American law. Do you, do your colleagues in the Senate even understand how vast a difference this means? 
Well, that's an interesting way of putting it. Uh, another statistic, one out of every four of the U.S. circuit judges in the country have been put on the bench in the last three years. So we do believe with the second Trump term and a continued Senate Republican majority, we can transform the courts even even further. Let me give an early Christmas present to everyone who's listening. If there is a vacancy by retirement or any other reason in the year coming up, and I believe it is your position, you will fill it because the majority is in the hands of the party of the president. Am I right? You are entirely correct. And uh, people chose to uh, kind of misinterpret what I said in 2016. <laughs> you have to go back to the uh, 1880s to find the last time a Supreme Court vacancy occurring in the middle of a presidential election year was confirmed by a Senate of a different party as, than the president. <laughs> so, yes, we, w- we would certainly confirm uh, a, a new justice if we had that opportunity. And we're going to continue, obviously, to fill the circuit and district court uh, vacancies as they occur right up until the end of next year. Uh, Senator McConnell, let me do some special pleading for my old state, California. There's some great nominees like Rick Richmond and Mark Scarcy and others who haven't gotten a hearing yet, certainly haven't gotten a vote. Is there any reason that the California district judges, for which there is a desperate need, have not moved forward? Well, the district judges... uh, we still have what's called the blue slip. And what that means is the the state where the Democratic senators have to sign off on it. So what typically happens <laughs> is the administration in a state where there are Democratic senators at the district court level usually make a deal and split them. And I know the administration and uh, working on deals with uh, Feinstein and Harris, and hopefully we'll get them filled. They they will not all be the same type of judges that we're doing uh, at the circuit level, where the so-called blue slip, that is the permission slip, uh, is no longer required. So, uh, Leader McConnell, I want to go back to the state of politics. The judicial achievement has been done without support of Democrats. It was a straight party line vote. On uh, Justice Kavanaugh, it's going to be a straight party. Actually, I think he actually got uh, uh, the senator from West Virginia. It's going to be a straight party line vote on impeachment. Is that your prediction? Yeah, I think so. Um, It's certainly shaping up that way in the House today. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that uh, we will uh, not lose any Republicans when it comes over to the Senate. Now, I, I was originally in favor of a long trial. I have been persuaded that that's a bad mistake. Do you think you've persuaded the president of that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, look, if if uh, <clears throat> you, you get to a, a point here where enough is enough, uh, if we go down the witness path, uh, yeah, we'd probably call people that we'd like to hear from, but they'll be trying to get the vice president, the secretary of state, John Bolton, the former national security advisor, and you get the drift. Uh, This could go on endlessly. And what we know is how we know how it's going to end right now. We know the president's not going to be removed from office. So the question is just how long uh, do we want this to to be foisted on the American people? Uh, What I think we ought to do is listen to the arguments, have a period of uh, written questions, 
and then vote on the two articles of impeachment. And in an impeachment proceeding in the Senate, 51 uh, senators decide everything. It's a simple majority situation. And as soon as 51 senators decide they've heard enough and want to move on, uh, that's what will happen. Have you had a chance to read the president's letter to Nancy Pelosi yet? Actually, I haven't. I haven't. Well, what did I, you have to say? Well, it's six le- It's six pages long. It took me three segments to read the whole thing. And it is the complete summation of his view of the world. An accurate and authentic, obviously written by himself or dictated. It is, uh, it's being condemned on the left. It's being cheered on the right. It's a classic, what we have in America now, two worldviews. But while half of the country supports him and half the country hates him, 95% of the elite media hate him, so we're not getting a, a true reaction to it. But I had one guy call in from your hometown, Louisville, said he's going to go to work, print off copies, and give it to everyone. So I, I suppose you'll be teaching it at the McConnell Center for years and years to come. I, I don't know what else this can be said. The president's now weighed in. How long will this take? Well, it shouldn't take that long. Uh, but just for uh, one thing that may make senators impatient to get it over with is under the uh, in an impeachment uh, uh, trial, they, they can't speak. They have to sit there quietly and listen. This will be good therapy for a number of them. Now, I want to go back so, to the long uh, game. Uh, in the long game, you talked about uh, both working for John Sherman Cooper, great man of Kentucky. He was opposed to the escalation of the Vietnam War. Now you're in the job of leading the Senate, and we face long-term commitments in Afghanistan and in Iraq, commitments that I support, garrisons that have to be there. Do you think your role model, John Sherman Cooper, would support that kind of commitment as opposed to the growing endless escalation in Vietnam? Would, in other words, he be with you because you support that kind of commitment? What's a different era? Uh, in Vietnam, we lost over 55,000 Americans. Um, this, this is a different era. This is to keep terrorists from hitting us again here at home. I think a closer analogy is the residual presence America still has all over the world in the wake of the end of World War II uh, in Germany, in Japan, in South Korea. We, we have lost some of our personnel, but not a lot. And we're not in an endless war. We're over there preventing them from attacking us again uh, from a terrorist haven, which is what, what, which is what Afghanistan was uh, back in 2001. And I, I think you're committed to it. I am. I, I'm going to urge every Republican to keep voting the appropriations. I hope they persuade the president. I hope National Security Advisor O'Brien, Secretary of State Pompeo, and everyone says we've just got to be there. For the long haul, is that argument working with the president, do you think? Well, you know, he's had some reservations about the strategy, but every time it's come to a decision point, he's agreed that we needed to stay there in order to protect the country. All right. Let me go to FISA reform. As a pretty shocking report from the inspector general, uh, I used to do FISA warrants for Bill Smith and Ed Meese when I was a young special assistant. They never, ever were like this one. Uh, we never had an IG report like this. Do you think there needs to be a law that looks into this? Well, we're probably going to have to. We are going to have to look into it because clearly the uh, IG report was quite critical of the process. And anytime you get a report like that, we need to take a look at it and see. If we need to make some changes. Do you uh, expect? Have you had any indication of when U.S. Attorney Durham will be wrapping up his inquiry? 
I have no idea. Do you think Attorney General Barr has the confidence or should enjoy the confidence of the people? I do, but he's being attacked by the left almost every day. Oh, listen, Barr's done a, done a terrific job, and I'm, I'm a, personally a big supporter of his, and he, he enjoys the support of the president and certainly all the Republicans that I know in the, in the U.S. Senate. Right, so I want to conclude with judges. Attorney General Barr is there now, not your old colleague and maybe future colleague, General Sessions, but you got a new White House counsel in Pat Cipollone. The old White House counsel, Don McGahn, and you worked hand-in-glove with the president on nominations. Have you seen any change in the conveyor belt of nominees? Has it slowed down? Is it picking up? Is it the same quality? Cipollone uh, is doing a good job. He's a worthy successor to McGann. Uh, and we've slowed down a bit, but it's only because we don't have any vacancies. Uh, I have almost no vacancies left at the circuit court level. Uh, I've, I've filed uh, cloture petitions on 13 district judges this week, and we'll start voting on them today. And uh, you, you'll be pleased to know that my motto for the remainder of this Congress is leave no vacancy behind. And that that is actually a message to judges who are eligible for senior status. If they take retirement, you'll get their nominee confirmed before the end of this term. Absolutely. I will leave it on that, Leader McConnell. The long game is now out in paperback. It's a perfect Christmas present. And I'm sure that uh, we'll be talking about judges as we go forward. I've got one last question, uh, Leader if the president gets the opportunity to appoint a successor, does he have to fill a, uh, a vacancy that is occupied by a, a male with a male, by uh, a, a woman with a woman? Or in, his, in your view, does he have complete flexibility there? Oh, I, I think you ought to pick the best person he can find. <clears throat> you, you recall that uh, uh, Bush 43 replaced Senator Day O'Connor with uh, Sam Alito. So I think you, you pick the best person you can find. We have some great women, by the way, some great women who've been added to the circuit bench in the last few years. So uh, it could well be one of them, but we've added some great men as well. Is there any what, – what, does Mitch McConnell have any rule of thumb for how long someone should have served on a federal appeals court before their nominator considered for the Supreme Court? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think the main thing is smart and young. That's it. Well, let's leave it there. Smart and young. So I'm out of the running, but I appreciate very much you're taking the time. The long game in paperback. Leader McConnell, you sound like you're about to come down with laryngitis. I hope that does not happen before the impeachment trial. Yeah, yeah. me too. Thanks a lot, Hugh. Appreciate Thank you, Leader. Be with you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com.